Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash have a drink show. It's the first of May, first of May. Outdoor brewing starts today. So skip on the rose or maybe grab an IPA. The lagers are cold, so stick in your big toe. Oh, be careful, you'll end up in Fragante Delicto. Grass below you, sky above. Celebrate spring with a crazy little thing like drinking Maybox. <laughs> okay, now that the musical portion of the show is done, let's talk about Maybox. This is already too long, so let's just have a drink. <laughs> Have a drink. The show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser. And I'm Casey Price. Hey. Wait, someone's missing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nothing's weird. What's what? I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm usually sandwiched between walkers. Something is off. Mm, walkers. <laughs> this makes me want shortbread. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of Texas Rangers, but sure. Never really go there. Never really think about that. I don't know why. Mm. <laughs> that just—I think that says something that I'm just like, no, I just go to food all the time. <laughs> anyway, hi Casey, how are you? <laughs> swell, folks, doing swell. <laughs> uh, how's how's everybody been? Everyone doing okay? Uh, so far, so not sick. <laughs> Yay! No. Um, no, no Rona's knocking down your doors. Yeah. Even though nobody <laughs> at work seems to be taking the mask thing seriously. Huh? Uh, yet there are signs up everywhere that are like, hey, uh, masks. But I, it was refreshing. Was it Thursday or Friday? Whatever day that I had to go to Kroger. Uh, it was the Kroger near my work. So it was in Ohio. And I think the vast majority, like well over half of the people I saw had masks on. I was like, well done. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the number's a little higher down down in grocery stores here but i'm pretty sure they just enacted an order that said hey mm. where well okay i will say i know walmart has put in that says hey wear your mask when you're in here mm. if you don't have a mask one will be provided to you yeah costco is doing that same thing and i'm just but then you have people who are idiots boycotting them but we don't need to get political i'm just saying like you know <laughs> scientific you mean scientifically <laughs> idiots. <laughs> I mean, There's, there a study was done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Casey, what have you been up to? You <clears throat> working living, from home? I said living, thriving, surviving. All right. Mm. Um, playing a little StarCraft 2. <laughs> Can't get anybody else to uh, join me on that, apparently. <sighs> Look, I, the effort, 
downloading Battle.net is just going to make me stare and go, you know, you should play. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've played Warcraft 3 and Starcraft 2. Those have been the, the two go-tos. How is, RTS. how is Warcraft 3? I heard... Oh, the new... Oh, I'm playing the old one still. I haven't oh, bought okay. that reforged. Oh, okay. But it okay. picked it up whenever I... Um, when it, it whenever they launched it, it picked it up into the loader that I had it. And whenever I went in, it was still the old version. Um, okay. You have to pay for it. But, you know, I'm just as happy with the old with anti-high-tech cinematics. <laughs> well, apparently, the, 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 the new one, gameplay-wise, isn't as good as the old one. Oh. Did, did they fix that yet or no? I don't know. I, I haven't followed what happened to Blizzard. Since. I heard it crashed yeah. a lot. Yeah, there oh, was a lot of things issues. wrong. Yeah. Uh, man... The, yeah, the only thing I really get to play anymore because I can have it on mobile is Hearthstone. <laughs> mm. and see. I, the new expansion just came out and like the new mode for uh, Battlegrounds, which is just auto chess for Hearthstone, which is I, fine. I don't know what that is. And I've been I've been living clean for too long <laughs> to try to go back. Yeah, because Casey knows it. the crippling addiction of collectible card games I can get into. Yeah. 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 And and there's MTG Arena these days, so it's like just Ooh. oh no, I've 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 dabbled and I uninstalled that <laughs> once I realized how deep that was going. Casey, do not install this. I'm not <laughs> because we will play. See, and <laughs> I just don't have time for stuff. And like, I, what sucks too is like I keep getting emails from Steam of like, hey, the item on your wish list is on sale. I was like, shut up, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Uh, it was like two point hospital just went down to like twelve dollars and was like shut up. Here we go. All, all I'm saying, Casey, is that I uh, there's a weird dance that heart that magic made me better at Hearthstone and then Hearthstone made me better at magic. Mm. Okay. So when yeah. I when I when I loaded up the the arena, I was like, okay, well let's just try. Oh yeah, no this. Okay, this will make a nice mid game deck. I know how to like. I'll just make some some value trades, and then after a while, I was like, okay, I have to stop now. I have to stop. Know where right this now. is going to end? It yeah, won't. It's gonna. It's gonna. End, it's gonna end with buying whole booster boxes and going. Look, if I get that one real rare one, it pays for the whole box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I. Nobody I got bills that. to pay. I got a car to pay off. I can't afford that anymore. Just God's follow the, the the words of Andy. You can't be doing that. <laughs> Heck yeah. But so I'm talking about a new one. That I'm hopefully going to get um, called Forts. And I don't know if you've seen it. I've been watching it play. It's a real-time strategy, but it's like you build a, and play against other people. I don't know exactly how it goes, but basically you build a fort and then you use your guns and nukes and everything to fire against oh. the other. So it, the fort's not made of pillows and blankets. Uh, you can make it out of... Should I don't be. know if you can or not. I feel like it should have been made up Give of it time, pillows or mod. blankets, and then it's just like it's Pillow that episode. It's that episode of Community where Troy and Abed are fighting, and it's yeah. and it becomes like a civil war. You know, dearest Martha. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm actually gonna buy that right now. I haven't played it, but I'm gonna before I forget about it. I'm gonna purchase it. Mm, fair enough. Uh, well, yeah, pretty much just that. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I was like, like, yeah, you you work at a place that's shut down. I don't know how working from home works for you, but oh me, yeah. 
Oh yeah, it's it's the best thing. Um, like I'm still working. I'm still trading emails back and forth. I mean, that's kind of like I could have done my job from home this whole time, and I actually you, tried to push them to let me do that. You're 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 at that stage of like you know because everyone's like, turns out yeah, we could have all been working from home. Yeah, just no one wanted to let us. Yep. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Especially uh, like with we're not. Uh, so I've been working the whole time, like in you know physical space at work and like uh the aside from the mask thing you know obviously we're not allowed to like get in groups um like that's kind of discouraged but uh and we use um microsoft teams at work so i'm like i could literally just be doing this from home all the time like now because like now you just like you can't be around people necessarily so it's like i could have just not been here (laughs) But whatever, it's fine. <laughs> I think it does take like everybody being okay with moving that direction. I could have never gotten my entire team on teams before, but now it's kind of like, well, we have to. So everybody does it. And I think yeah. that once this all is over with, it'll help that everybody's already on those tools. Uh, well, we, we've been using it for a little over a year now, but um, our, our department, not the company, our department. We were yeah. like guinea pigs, and uh, so so now it's just like more, even more hardcore, I guess, because <laughs> we have to, you know, more conversations are had because you can't have them in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, fun stuff. I, yeah, I'm trying to project that out a few years, and it's like, well, I mean, just think of all that. It's like, you know what? Nope, let's not. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not even. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's instead let's talk dead. about Untapped. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yes. Uh, first up, we've got all together 2020. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I really wish we had like the 2020 like new show sounder. Just like, uh, anyway. <laughs> that's uh, actually uh, law. That's all in order. order. <laughs> yeah. I realized what I had done after I did it. I was like, maybe I did it quiet enough and no one noticed. And then I heard you and I went, never mind. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's an inextricable link that binds everyone together in the hospitality industry. Brewers, servers, bartenders, bussers, dishwashers, GMs, buyers, chefs, owners. Uh, in this industry, when one struggles, the rest will pick them up. No, yeah. not cooks no, they and chefs. No, they won't. They'll uh, tell you to go in your own pool of blood. They will. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> they will not. <laughs> uh, Altogether, there's a worldwide open-ended beer collaboration created to raise support for the hospitality industry. It is an effort to raise awareness and provide relief, even in the smallest way, to those who are struggling. Uh, Other Half Brewing Company is inviting any brewer from any corner of the planet to participate. The recipe is open source, the artwork is public, and the name can be used by all. The goal is to provide breweries with tools to make beer at the lowest possible cost. Other half brewing company will be donating a portion of the proceeds from this beer to the Restaurants Workers Community Foundation, and ask that brewers donate support to uh, donate to support hospitality professionals in their local communities. Which, huh. as someone who used to work in that field, <laughs> I I when I think back on, it, I was like, man, I'd have been so screwed during this whole thing. Mm, hmm. Yeah, I, it, yeah, it really un- unless you're just. I don't even know unless you're one of the places that does the curbside thing, but then at the same time, you're still not getting tips. You're not like, I, I we, we were uh, on the other, on that same side, we actually saw a really huge 
number of tips and people being real supportive about it. I was really, I mean, I was surprised a little bit, but at the same time, I understand why, why everybody was doing this. Um, just to kind yeah. of add that support. I, I have to imagine the people in the, like the delivery game, you know, your, your DoorDashes, your Grubhubs, your mm-hmm. whatever you call them. Uh, their, their drivers are probably seeing a bit more in tips than they're used to. Cause everyone's just like, Hey, we get it. Yeah. We're, you're doing something for me. Cause I'm, not willing to get out of the house or unable. Yeah. Plus, we, plus the federal government advanced my tax return. So, um, looks like it is Turo oats and carapils, and then hopped with Citra, Mosaic, Simcoe, and Cascade. That doesn't sound bad. I've probably got all those ingredients right now. <laughs> I was going to say you could be brewing it. I don't know while about we're talking, Simcoe, but. You don't like Simcoe? I don't think so. Simcoe changes year to year, as a lot of agricultural products do. Simcoe, though, has a um, has a history of being very cat pee like. Mm. Yes, that's the one I was thinking. I was like, wait, I think is this the one that tastes like? Yep, cat urine. Yep. Yeah, yeah, catty. I could go. I could do without. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had a bag of amarillo, which is not supposed to have those flavors. But I had a bag of amarillo come out tasting or smelling like onions and garlic, hmm. which was. Uh, I had to really be careful where I used that one. I couldn't use it in like a big juicy IPA. Yeah. It didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't come out tasting like a small leathery ball shaped animal. <laughs> no, no armadillo. No. Okay. Uh, so you need, you need to mix those, those hops into uh, what was the one, the Vienna lager that tastes like Campbell's tomato soup. And then you just have like a nice savory beer. <laughs> or maybe if you listened to our, uh, Oh, never mind. I'm skipping ahead. Brittany, you have an untapped batch to talk about. <laughs> yes, we have one more. Uh, so this is for... Uh, so speaking of the news episode you're going to get into, a lot of virtual events going on for drinks and such. Uh, untapped. So their festival we've talked about before. Well, this is the virtual version of the festival. So it's prevented, presented by Halftime Beverage. Uh, the first ever U.S. multi-state virtual beer festival with a curated box of beer delivered straight to your door. Untapped founder Greg Avola and a panel of brewmasters will guide two live tasting sessions on June 13th and 14th to tune into from the comfort of your home. Um, with our drinking socially package in select U.S. states, of course, probably not Kentucky, uh, you'll receive a curated box of 11 hand-picked craft beers and exclusive access to a two-day live stream experience. In these sessions, there will be interviews and Q&A with brewmasters of each of the beers in the package, as well as special guests along the way. Um, not not in a location where we can ship to you uh, ship these beers to you. Don't worry, you can purchase our stay at home package, <laughs> which gives you access to the live stream where you can watch from anywhere in the world and bring your own beer to the party. <laughs> uh, it should have called it the B- BYOB package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the stay at home thing. That's that's fair, I guess. I mean, it's also f- yeah, it's fine. I'm just saying that it was. I wonder what they're. I'm trying to look like what they're going to be streaming on. I assume Facebook Live at this point, but I don't know. It's we we do Facebook Live just because it's the only way to get in front of somebody when you're starting delivery. That because Facebook will will I don't know gatekeep 
I don't know if that's the right word, your posts, if you don't buy ads with them. Oh, wow. And so they'll, if you make a post on Facebook, they'll intentionally like roll it out to 30% of your audience per day. And you, you don't get to be like, Hey, today we're doing delivery. And then three days later when somebody can see it for the first time. Yeah. So horrid. (laughs) Thanks Facebook. Yeah. But Facebook live will immediately get it in front of them at that moment. So, yeah. So yeah, it's fine. I get it. Uh, well, and if you want to hear about uh, other virtual festivals, you can tune into the news episode where we talk about some some Scottish whiskey festivals. Perhaps you can you could watch, mm-hmm. or <laughs> maybe we can talk about um, uh, some some cheeses that are getting made perpetually made. <laughs> yes, perpetual cheese. Uh, which it's like an everlasting gobstopper. <laughs> It sounds strange, but delicious. <laughs> perpetual cheese? It's yeah. from Trogues. Oh. They have their perpetual IPA. It oh. took me yeah, took it was... me a long way into that story. We to were get like that. halfway through there. We we're like, oh. <laughs> gotcha. Someone yeah. doesn't distribute to us. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Do they not? For some I reason, think, I was I thinking think... we got them maybe uh maybe it was Jungle Gyms up in like up in uh above mm. Cincinnati. That would make more sense. Oh yeah, they do have it at Jungle Gyms. Oh well, I think that was there. Well, well you know, uh, what Jungle Gyms doesn't have a news. Uh, it doesn't have a news. It doesn't have news, but it doesn't have a have a topic like Maybach. We're not veterans. bastards. We're not veterans. We're not veterans. We're not veterans. Worst segue I've ever done. Look, up is down right now. Um, <laughs> so this whole episode, like the whole weekend of, of show has just been like, what? <laughs> well, we've got uh, we've got a topic here for you. We're talking about Maybox today. And uh, uh, let's start off with a brief refresher of just what a Bach is. So let's hop into the Wayback Machine and uh, pull from an episode we've already done. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the origins of Bach beer are quite uncharted. Back in the medieval days, German monasteries would brew strong beer for sustaining the uh, su- for sustenance during their Lenten uh, fests. Mm. It's supposed to be Lent, but the E N throws me. Uh, <laughs> well, it is called Lenten, isn't it? I think it's just called Lent, isn't it? I could have sworn it's just called Lenten. Uh, anyway, no, some... none of us are Catholic. <laughs> like I went to Catholic school. I'm more Catholic than you. Fair. <laughs> yeah. huh. Interesting. I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, some believe that the Bach came from the shortening of Einbeck to uh, thus Beck to Bach. Others believe it is more pagan, uh, more of a pagan or old world influence that the beer it was uh, only be brewed in the sign of the Capricorn goat. That's probably not true. Uh, Hence the goat being associated with Bach beers. Uh, Basically, this beer is a symbol of better times to come and moving away from winter. Well, okay. Let's get into some new stuff. Bach is generally associated with Bavaria, but it's actually originated from Einbeck, which we just mentioned, a historically important brewing city in the heart of Germany. Einbeck was part of a regional trade federation. (sighs) <sighs> oh, 
not that kind of federation, is it? No. There's not a single Vulcan in this, is there? No. The Galactic Federation. <sighs> anyway, it's known as the Hanseatic League, which I guess is still cool. <laughs> Unless you're in that Hanseatic and you don't want to be touched. <laughs> uh, formed in the 13th century, this alliance stretched from Estonia to the uh, in the east to Bruges and Antwerp in the west, serving ports in the North and Baltic seas, fed by rivers and primitive roads of Northern Europe. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the roads you well, not a lot in Northern Europe. Some of them might have still had a few Roman roads, but uh, they got a lot worse. As time went on, they used them to build things. Uh, anyway, members were required to provide a uh, access or goods or both. Uh, inclusion in the league allowed Einbeck's unique and outstanding beer to be uh, among the most wildly distributed and famous. What made Einbeck so reputable? Well, in brewing, proficiency and fame were equal parts skill, art, and raw material. Also, perhaps a bit of serendipity because they didn't understand how germs worked. <laughs> uh, Einbeck was in an area that had long cultivated wheat and barley. Its malting, uh, malting and curing techniques for brewing left the, uh, these raw materials noticeably lighter in color than many of their contemporaries. Some of it was air-dried and breezy lofts, uh, uh, avoided the darkening effect of kilning. Kilning. Uh, <laughs> gotta gotta <laughs> be careful on that one. Yep. Killing. Uh, Einbeck had uh, soft uh, brewing water and prosperous hop cultivation, a combination that added to their renown. Exercising, exercising quality control and banning safe, uh, spanning the sale of substandard beer and brewing only in winter to ensure the high quality product would charm the palates of Einbeck and beyond. Huh. Uh, a lot easier since they were making a lager. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, we have to make it cold. Ain't doing that in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> As many uh, of the uh, not breweries, uh, distilleries. Hmm. Do now they they can't. There's some some days some months that they just can't get good um, fermentation going because it's way too hot. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the mayor of Einbeck had a twofold stake in the local brew. Not only was Einbeck's reputation at stake, but uh, so was his, since he was the city uh, Braumeister. Assuming ah, I want that Ooh. job. Yeah. Damn. The whole city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it takes a village. <laughs> uh, with a bit of an imag uh, imaginative liberty, we can uh, envision these strong, lightly colored, relatively top-fermented and well-hopped wheat beers, perhaps something along the lines of a Weizenbach or a strong alt beer. Uh, the strength and hop levels meant uh, that even under duress or of export, they would arrive at their destination in prime condition, or close to it. <laughs> uh, brewers in Bavaria lacking this technical finesse and perfect storm of brewing cornucopia had to take jealous note of the goings on in Einbeck the disparity between the renown of Einbeck and the relative mediocre, uh, mediocrity of Munich eventually led to the latter re-examining of their own brewing ways uh, by the way I forgot to mention uh, a big chunk of what we're pulling here is uh, mostly from an Eric uh, from an article about uh 
it was uh, the All About Beer article for Maybach and Hellespach. Mm. They've got good stuff on there, though. They do. Uh, anyway, uh, the... Let's see, make sure I'm in the right spot. Yep. The foundation of brewing in Munich began uh, with the establishment of the Hofbrau House. Hey. <laughs> mm-hmm. In 1592. Relatively young upstarts, then. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, Duke Wilhelm V of Bavaria had grown tired of importing Einbecker beer, and since he and his cronies didn't much care for the locally bre- uh, brewed brown beer, cronies, cronies. Uh, the original Hofbrau House was known as the Brown Brewery since they made the typical dark beers of Munich. Wilhelm's son, Maximilian I, opted to go a different route, choosing instead to focus on white wheat beers. Within a few years, the new brewery uh, was needed to accommodate a new brewery is needed to accommodate the demand, and the modern Hofbrau House was finished in 1607. In spite of the modernization, <laughs> I mean, that's using it kind of loosely at this stage, <laughs> and desire to serve only locally made white and brown beer, the quality still wasn't quite up to the Einbecker product. Uh, consequently, brewer Elias Pilcher was recruited from Einbeck to shore things up. He introduced the first Einbecker-style beer in 1614, uh, a strong beer dubbed Maybach, keeping with the pragmatic tradition of brewing and aging in the winter for release in spring. The exact personality of the brewer is lost to time, but it's nonetheless a cross-pollinization of uh, Einbeck and Munich brewing, an impressive new brew that incorporated indigenous preferences of bottom fermenting and light hopping. Uh, and help to differentiate the original Munich versions. Wouldn't you love to have a time machine to just go back and go, all right, let's see what this tastes like. <laughs> um, yeah. Just go back, just maybe. find them out, and then to go a, in. To a degree. Man, yeah. the future is much better. You guys <laughs> suck. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. We, we romanticize way Look, I'm too just much. saying I want to know what it tastes like. I'm not saying it's better. <laughs> I'm not saying I'll drink it. I'm not saying I'll drink it forever. I'm saying, hey, let's see what it was. I'm just saying most of it was infected. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> those guys would love sours. <laughs> uh, these rough parameters played perfectly in Bavaria, generating further interest by other brewers, including the development of darker of dark box using fuller uh, fuller colored Munich style malts. The word Bach was ironically not used for Einbeck brewers, according to this part, uh, but was instead coined to designate these beers as sort of a shortened version of Einbeck, a Bavarian di- uh, in the Bavarian dialect. Hmm. The Maybach of Hofbrau House is still touted as the original, while Einbecker is hailed as the May version of the ancestral box. Hmm. Apparently, there's a slight difference. I feel like I've had the Hofbrau one, but I do not remember what it tastes like. I'm pretty sure I haven't because it's this time of year and there's very rarely a time this time of year when I go to Hofbrau. Yeah. Hofbrau is usually a uh, September trip. Yeah. yeah strictly <laughs> limited to a certain event. Man, do you just imagine like they're like the rest of the year, like, oh, we're doing, we're, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Come come Oktoberfest time in Cincinnati, they're just like, all right, everybody, I we need to like quadruple the staff. 
Seriously. We've been working all year for this. They're like busy all the time. They're usually fairly busy. I just imagine like they are like, you know, you know, butts to guts. That yeah. at, at Oktoberfest time. <laughs> well, and it used to be busier there. I think when, um, like before they put the the apartment thing, like basically before they obstructed the view of the fireworks and the downtown. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Once upon a time when you would enjoy sitting out in their their patio, as opposed to now where you look back and just go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's huh. a big factor there, I think. Uh, anyway, the May block of Hofbrau uh, is ceremoniously tapped in the late April of each year as the cool weather uh, of early spring flows into the mild, balmy days of late spring. Again, in late April. Season creep, even a thing then. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> People are like, you know what would be really good right now? This <laughs> beer that we haven't had in a year. <laughs> We we had it like eleven months ago. Close enough. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Uh, how does the original compare to those days? Beer considered to be pale prior to the advent uh, of innovative malting techniques would not be have the same connotations it does today. These innovations came in the early nineteenth century and led to finely tuned shades of malt tailored to fit the precise preferences of the individual brewer. The, uh, the birth of modern brewing styles, such as the Vienna and Oktoberfest, and all of the pale lagers, and of course, today's Maybach. Mm. We can surmise, of course, uh, that the deep golden light amber Maybach encountered today has paled somewhat over time. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just not quite the same. It's faded in the sun. <laughs> Indeed. Sorry, I was trying to do a dramatic sip. So and, were you doing? It seemed like you were doing the Kermit thing. <laughs> I mean, a bit. And this beer does kind of look like it should be like yeah. Lipton tea. Spill the tea. <laughs> Unconscious people don't want tea. Um, <laughs> such a good video. Such a good video. Uh, anyway, um, it was much more... Uh, more of the purely seasonal beers released early in the mid spring, but some are produced year round today. Either way, it's by, by its nature, something of a transitional beer. This with it squarely in the territory of something that's not too strong nor hmm. light, but rather substantial and satisfying brew that straddles and expresses the finest virtues of either side. Hmm. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Brewers are always faced with the task of finding the perfect measures to balance nuance and signature notes. Balance that could not be more important in a beer than it is in Maybach. There are minimal gravity requirements for Bach in Germany and for Maybach. 16 degrees Play-Doh? Is that how you say that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, specific gravity 1.065 uh, is the magic number. To Both, make a beer... Like Huh? Plato and specific gravity are not necessarily. I mean, it's, it's a very strict thing to have there. But like, that's that's not the metrics we really use over here anymore for anything, is it? Um, pro brewers use Plato a lot, um, okay. especially the brewers that were trained from Germans. Germans, you said Germans. Yeah, I mean, if you come from from or even somebody that trained about somebody who was trained about somebody, that's that's really probably where it is and the reason it's a little simpler to do some of the math with the play-doh conversions than it is to do with um than with just strict specific gravity conversions what, the, what degree is it you get to atlantis 
<laughs> I have no idea. Okay. I don't. No one. No one knows that. Yes. Um, the law is the lost degree of Plato. <laughs> oh. Because Plato is the one who invented the idea of Atlantis. I did not catch that. You're fine. Uh, but Plato and and specific gravity have like a a point zero zero four specific gravity is one degree Plato give or take. I mean the the difference is so small it really doesn't matter as mm -hmm. far as I'm concerned. Uh, but that's my general conversion for it. Hmm. All right. See, this is it works out having you on this episode, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to make a beer of that strength while still showcasing some measure of delicacy and finesse is quite a trick. Uh, Maybach has a lean, muscular body. That sounds not okay. <laughs> uh, and soft, bready, and toasted malt character, as well as the brilliant clarity of lager beer. Or uh, Maybach twinks. <laughs> maybe i was like that's a very interesting description for a beer uh base malts in the style of pilsner vienna and light munich are used alone or in combination to create the trademark pure gold to copper complexion again complexion not a i don't know that's a strange term for a beer um <laughs> sometimes sometimes you have to take your beer to the dermatologist and make sure that they, <laughs> that they nice apply the right clean creams to Get rid of that scarring. Indeed. Uh, the Hellas Bach. So at times, these are called Hellas or Pale Bach, stirring some debate as to whether this specifically denotes the golden version with Maybach comprising the ambers. The terms are considered interchangeable by many, though, with Maybach being the more common label overall. Even in the Hellas varieties, the aroma and flavor should be full of malt with the darker adaptations taking on the additional spicy character that comes with more intense malt kilning. Uh, mm. Absent are the roasted and rich caramel notes associated with the dark beers of Munich. Maybach usually carries a bit more bittering hop character than other Bachs, which rely almost wholly on malty overtones. Maybe that's one of the reasons why a lot of the Maybachs I have had, I wasn't a big fan of because I feel like the bitterness just wasn't there. It was way too sweet and gloopy mm. and the complexion was off. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was kind of like a, a thick lager, a thick light lager. Mm. I don't know. I was, I was just yeah. thinking though, I was kind of like, Oh yeah. Malty. That sounds good. Also hoppy. Also good. And I'm just like, <laughs> This this is the most um, I was like that's the most American thing I can think of. What do you want? <laughs> More of everything. <laughs> More has to be better. Um, uh, crap. Oh, okay. a small amount of aromatic hops may also be present with those subtly herby German nobles. A perfect pairing of the continental malts. Uh, it has been presented that Maybach and Hellesbach are merely stronger versions of Vienna lagers, Oktoberfest, or Munchner, Munchausen, Munchner, sure. And indeed, there are enough uh, different interpretations to make that statement. The extra level of potency, coupled with the range of offerings, makes these pale box even more appealing. Also <laughs> scattered about the landscape are blonde doppelbox. Didn't know that was a thing. Hmm. Uh, which, on the surface, seem to be nothing more than strong Maybach. 
Usually, though, these are brewed more like Doppelbach with scant hop rates and a reliance on fuller body, lower attenuation, and more maltiness. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of a blonde Doppelbach and just some German there going, What a science rot! <laughs> I did not know that existed. It sounds strange, honestly. Uh, so, festivals for Maybach. Uh, while not necessarily a Maybach festival specifically, uh, in Germany they do celebrate Mayfest, which is certainly joined with Maybachs. Uh, Mayfest celebrates the arrival of spring, uh, obviously, nature's bright reawakening after winter's cold darkness. Uh, Mayfest has its roots in one of mankind's oldest traditions. What was once, uh, what was an ancient pagan festival, eventually took on Christian religious significance and has evolved. That. Hmm. and has evolved to become a colorful, joyous part of European history and culture with distinctive traditions like the dancing around the maypole. Look, how bored do you have to be to put a big pole up, <laughs> drape down a bunch of ribbons and say, all right, everybody, we're going to dance around in one circle and we're going to dance back around on the other side. Yeah. What will we do? What will we do when we're done? You're never done. <laughs> I remember actually doing that in uh, gym class in school. Really? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I didn't do that. We we no. had we had a maypole. We did that, and we did um, uh, something else. We had of, of involving that kind of thing. We had dodgeball, and we had giant parachutes that you would. Oh yeah, yeah, that then... was fun actually. <laughs> I wish we had those. You, oh. you didn't do the parachute thing. No, we never had the parachutes. Oh wow. That was actually kind of how they have fun. those at low rent Martin Elementary, but not it's <laughs> yeah. a very good question. <laughs> we don't we, even know we, we probably that. had to have stolen it. <laughs> yeah. We stole yours. <laughs> that's what yeah, probably that's it. the reason. <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like we never we never had like because that was one of those things I was always like I saw the other schools and on TV you saw it and I was like, oh that would be so cool. But no. The, yeah, the parachute Aww. thing. Now, I also would always see things of like maypoles. I'd go, what dumb crap is this? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was surprised. Like what? once I learned who? about it, I was like, wait, why did we do that? <laughs> and then, who who messed up tetherball? Yeah, basically. <laughs> Which had to have been all it was with the, yeah. the pole. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Someone so knocked it, the ball off and they went just. Just put another string on there. They knocked that ball off. And they put another string and they just knocked that ball off. Finally, I just went, all right, we're, we can't keep putting these. What are we going to do? <laughs> Dance. Ribbons. <laughs> what else would you do? Um, it's, uh, it's religious and superstitious aspects have long since disappeared, but Mayfest traditions are still celebrated throughout Germany. During Mayfest, cities and villages are uh, bedecked, great word, with colorful drapery and flowers. Some areas uh, light bonfires, while others open the carnival fair season and elect May kings and queens. Um, Is that like prom kings and queens, but they last a whole month? I guess. <laughs> and it's in some odd area that's near Martin, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they'd get in the way of red, white, and blue day. No, well, uh, isn't there like a May king, Kentucky? There's a May town. I'm not going to be surprised. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of that. I'm thinking yeah, there's a making. I think you. I think you, you may be thinking of Maytown, which is maybe ten it, minutes. Ten minutes uh, further. Yeah, maybe we're so. Getting, we're getting very <laughs> regional right now. 
Everybody else is like, what? Uh, why yeah. are we talking about where where Justin spent all of his time in his childhood? Because it makes so much more sense at that point. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, one tradition shared among most regions is the erection of a Maybaum. What? <laughs> I know it does not. So it does not help that it's already a phallic symbol, and then they have to word it in such a way. <laughs> uh, so they're the Maybaum. Uh, what the maple uh, may stand in the marketplace in front of a city hall or at an individual residential houses. They can, um, they may stay up the entire month of May or even longer. The maypole and the dance around it is a singular symbol of spring's reawakening of uh, fruitfulness. So re- is yeah. this like the Christmas tree? It's slowly creeping into like other seasons also. I mean, I mean, cause really if, you know, if you, you could welcome just to the January from... poll. <laughs> I mean, uh, you could just leave the maypole up until uh, midsummer, <laughs> yeah. and then you have the midsummer bonfire, and then burn the maypole. <laughs> I love it. Let's work on this. Yeah, yeah. that's what we need to do. Um, a related century-old tradition is the robbery of decorated May trees at night, <laughs> from April thirtieth to May first, the same night of uh, Valpurgis Nacht. Uh, which is Witch's Night. Uh, not really a Halloween thing, but still. Yeah, I, I looked up some of that. and uh... I only know how to say that because it was a thing in a, a, um, a book series I like in the audiobook, and because uh, they had like time traveled. It was like 1590, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were mm-hmm. in um, that area very, during that, and I was like, huh. That's yeah, ap- apparently Maypole robbery is like capture the flag for young men who are trying to court women back in like medieval Europe. Awesome. Well, and Valpurgisnacht though is like essentially witch hunts. Oh, yeah. So that's fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, celebrated in Germany, Eastern and Northern Europe with bonfires, lots of booze and dancing uh, as, as most things are celebrated in the U S among a number of brewery uh, based and region celebrations. There is the official national Bach day on March 20th, meant to celebrate the whole style of beer, you're likely to find some Maybach there, even if it isn't May. <laughs> Season creep. Season yeah. creep. That's always a thing. I just was unaware that we ha- that as a country we went, well, this is National Bach Day. I know. There's always a national something day that we miss all the time. <laughs> I was going to say, then again, I, w- I assume that's what happens in Congress when no one can agree on what's going on. No. It's like, it- it's what happens in Congress when you get constituencies that want, I don't know, like the beer industry or, or some industry that wants to be like, oh, can you make a day for us? And then they make some sort of uh, proclamation and, and this is our day now. I hate it. I'm not fond of it. But let's see. What, what Casey, tell us, tell us what the BJCP has to say about Indeed, I shall. The BJCP Category 5A in the new 2015 regulations uh, puts Maybach and Hellasbach in the same category. The aroma is supposed to be moderate to strong of malt, uh, often with a light toasted quality and low melanoidins. Now, melanoidins are going to be sort of those um, caramelly-like flavors. I don't think melanoidins usually aren't formed from, um, from caramel-type 
reactions where you get sugar, but they're they're very similar in aroma to those. Um, moderately low to no noble hop aroma, often with a spicy quality. Clean, no diacetyl. Fruity esters should be low to none. Again, this is a lager, so lager yeast, you, you have very low uh, fruity esters on that. Some alcohol, however, may be noticeable, uh, may have a light DMS aroma from the Pilsner malt. Um, so a, I'm just, I always laugh when I'm going through a BJCP thing and it says, no diacetyl. Really? How often is there diacetyl? Yeah, that's that's one of those things like it's almost in every single one. No diacetyl. Yeah. yeah. Just butter frowned upon in general. Yeah. <laughs> Save uh, that for your popcorn. There are a couple styles I think out there that have are allowing diacetyl, but it's only like very light to round out the flavor. Uh, new, I'm just not a big fan either way. New Belgian fat tires and <laughs> uh, Scottish Gaelic ale. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Scottish ales may have a little bit of diacetyl in them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Appearance is to be deep gold to light amber in color. Lagering should provide good clarity, large, creamy, persistent white head. So you want a beer looking beer. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always a good, like, it's like, oh yeah, it should look like, should look like beer. Good call. <laughs> yeah, well done. The flavor should be rich of continental European pale malts. Uh, Pilsner malt flavor with some toasty notes or other melanoidins. Um, little to no caramelization, though. May have a light DMS flavor from the Pilsner malt. Moderate to no noble hop flavor. May have a low spicy or peppery quality from the hops and or alcohol flavor. Moderate hop bitterness. So more that it's in balance with than um, in other box. This is probably the one box that I would be okay with. Um, if, if I could, could find get, some fresh examples. If you could find one that did this. Yes. Um, clean. No fruity esters again. No diacetyl. Well attenuated. So um, it's not going to have sweetness there. It shouldn't be cloying, which is, I think, the uh, it basically cloying means sweet until it's sickly sweet mm -hmm. uh, moderately dry finish that may taste taste both of malt and hops again balance think pilsner-esque mm -hmm. um, uh, i was thinking uh the the flavor and aroma is reminding me that how much doing this show like if i smell something up why am i smelling more capitan mm -hmm. who 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 did this hmm when we talk about Pilsners, though, um, mouthfeel on Pilsners is typically going to be more light-bodied. The Maybach is going to be more medium-bodied. Um, moderate to moderately high carbonation. Um, a smooth and clean mouthfeel with no harshness or astringencies, uh, despite the increased hop bitterness. Some alcohol warming. However, may be present once you swallow that, get a little warming sensation. Overall, you should have a relatively pale, strong, malty lager beer designed to walk a fine line between that blandness and too much color um, or too much flavor, probably. Uh, hop Can't go to flavor country. Yeah. <laughs> hop character is generally more apparent than in other box as well. Uh, a fairly recent development in this history uh, of the history of of beers, at least in comparison to other members of the Bach family. The serving of Maybach is specifically associated with springtime in the month of May. So nice time to have that balance of 
you don't want porch drinking beer yet. You don't want watery beer, but you want something with a little bit lighter notes than what you've had all summer or all winter. And so you don't want a stout. You want something closer to a uh, American light lager, but not all the way there. Maybox a good middle of the road. Flavor. I said, yeah. yeah, but I do often want a stout. <laughs> anytime. Just anytime you want a stout. I, it's a problem, really. Uh, we uh, We started... Well, I've got uh, three and a half barrels of milk stout to keg this week. Some point, mm. um, we we've got. I'll talk here a little bit, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell more. Um, it can be thought of as either a pill version of a traditional Bach or a Munich Hellas brewed to Bach strength. So take Hellas um, Mexican Lager style, maybe something a little close to that, maybe even mm. um, with a little bit more. The kind of thickness to the beer potentially while quite malty the beer typically has less dark and rich malt flavors than a traditional balk may also be drier hoppier and more bitter than the traditional balk okay so a little bit more hops than the the mexican lager style as well um the hops compensate for the lower level of melanoidins in this beer specifically there is some dispute whether the hellas or pale balk and the maybach or, or my balk um, are synonymous most agree that they are pretty much identical <laughs> um, as the consensus for Mars and an Oktoberfest are pretty much the same exact beer. Uh, I mean, an according Oktoberfest to some people is, said, well, I was say an Oktoberfest is basically just, Hey, let's take a Meriton. Let's uh, crank that just a smidge. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Let's, yeah, exactly. Let's get, let's get, let's get ready to party. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's a, the fest beer style is basically give it more. And you, we, you, we want to really get drunk guys. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, we like, we like to party. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but some believe that Maybach, Maybach uh, is a fest type beer hitting the upper limits of hopping and the color range. Um, any fruitiness is due to Munich and other specialty malts and not yeast derived esters during fermentation. Of course, because it is a lager yeast, the yeast should be as flavorless or as flavor neutral as possible, usually for these types of yeasts. Um, with ingredients... So base of Pilsner and or Vienna malts with some Munich malt to add character and color, um, although much less than in a traditional Bach. No non-malt adjuncts are uh, common in this beer. Noble hops, soft water is preferred, so to avoid harshness. Um, clean lager yeast. Decoction mashing is typical, but boiling is less Boiling is less than in traditional box to restrain color development. So decoction is when thank, you thank you for knowing what I was just about to ask. <laughs> De decoction is say you've got a hundred gallons of beer uh, or hundred gallons in the mash tank, and you want to take that temperature and raise it. Um, there's a method called a decoction where if you want to raise that temperature of the mash from 130 to 140 to 150 degrees and on up it, as you step through that process, there's things that happen at every temperature, but it's very difficult to, to put a, a burner, um, especially at this time, put a burner underneath a vat of malt that is basically converting and or a mash and have that not scorch on the bottom so what you do is you go to the thickest part of that and you draw out about a third of it and you take this mash oatmeal type stuff i mean it's not oats but it's it's malt mill 
Malto meal. <laughs> um, so mm. you take this and Malt you, meal. I'm waking up every morning just like, oh. Oh, that husky goodness. Um, and Quaker you take, malts. <laughs> and you take that section and you boil it. And by boiling it, you kill all the enzymes and everything that's in there. And then you put it back into the uh, mash, which still has enzymes in it. And so the enzymes that are in the mash already continue to work on the stuff that you just boiled as well. And so you don't run out of enzymes as easily. Um, but that's another reason why the Pilsner malt's good because it's got high enzyme uh, contact there. Um, but with this, you are boiling it. So you are getting some of that developed melanoidin. You're getting some of the developed um, caramel-like flavors and darker color because you are concentrating that and, and boiling it. And, and basically, um, you know, if you take, if you take syrup and put it in a, a bowl and boil it down, it'll get darker. That's what you're doing with um, a decoction mash more or less. And it's supposed to develop melanoidin flavors more than anything else. Okay. Traditionally IBUs, your bitterness is going to be 23 to 35 IBUs. Um, very, very moderate, low to moderate IBUs there. Um, Casey, you want that somewhere around like uh, 50? No, uh, I'm not a big IBU pusher. Okay. Um, most of my beers, if they have... For, I just made it because you were, we were wanting more hoppiness as well. I want more balance, I guess. Okay. Um, what, I'm, what I'm seeing is that this beer has the amount of malt and the amount of... Could be flavor as what you see in an IPA. But it has the hop level, and most of the examples that I've seen, at least the ones that have been imported and lost a lot of that hoppiness, they've got the malt level of, of a high malt beer, but a, a bitterness that's like down at the level of, of a, I don't know, like a, a true Corona or something like that, like one, very low bitterness. One, one day, Germany trip. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Let's do Germany, Belgium, um, maybe even a little bit of France in there, touching that side that where it's right on the edge there. We'll, we'll get some bikes and we'll just... Heck yes. Um, I want a motor on mine. You'll just tie ropes to the rest of us. And we'll there just... we go. Just pull me along. Or we could take one of those um, quadricycles. <gasps> I was going to say tandems. We'll just have one long... <laughs> Can we please? Bicycle built for two. <laughs> for four. <laughs> okay yes uh, so if you can throw the bitterness up just a little bit it can help offset some of that that maltiness that you're going to get and um you know porters stouts those don't have overly aggressive hops usually but they're in balance with how much malts that's there and so that's why i'm looking for in something like this um srms six to eleven i don't know my srm scale i just go by what color it is but i'm pretty sure that's in the lighter range um original gravity is going to you need a you need a swatch yeah for, for just like all right let's okay we're good they gave them out somewhere um I think I even have a lanyard that has has those colors on it. I think I was gonna say like didn't they give those out at like the homebrew? Convention? I think so. Um, I was looking around here to see if I had one laying around. I don't see it anywhere. Um, your original gravity ten sixty four ten to ten seventy two. Um, those are pretty good sized starting gravity. So you're going to start high enough to where you're going to get some alcohol out of this. Um, that will ferment down to somewhere around 10, 11 and 10, 18. So 1.011 and 1.018. Um, that's pretty thick whenever it comes to mouthfeel. And so most of my beers finish 10, 
uh, 10.08 to 10.10, somewhere in that range. Um, by the time you put a 10.18 on there, you're, you're getting into some territory where that's a thick mouthfeel, a uh, really larger body. Um, you're looking at probably a 10.20, 10.30 for some of your Imperial Stouts um, that are going to be really thick mouthfilled. So kind of think of how thick this would be. And it's a locker. And so yeah. it, it's kind of stick to your ribs still. <laughs> So there's some commercial examples that are out there. Oh yeah, uh, you've got your eyeing. Is it Iinger? Iinger. Iinger yeah. Maybach. You would think the number of times I've seen it, I would know how to pronounce that, but I, it messes me up every time. I don't know why. You got Marsbach. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sounds like a Mars bar. It's like a Mars bar. No, like a Marsbach. <laughs> uh, Hackett. Hacker score. <laughs> hacker I'm score. Buck. Yeah. Hacker Pshore. Hacker Pshore. Uh, Look, I just assumed it was silent, like pterodactyl. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's like Capsha. Capital Maybach. What's in your rock? Heinbecker, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my Erbach. The Erbach. Uh, the Hofbrau Maybach. I think we've talked about that enough. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm going to uh, Hofbrau right now to their website to see what um, what their normal sort of how they, the Maybach's in May, right, but what's next month's beer supposed to be and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, when do they go teach one? They've got the Victory St. Boisterous I was going to say, is that the same? That's legit, like Victory Brewing Company. Like that's. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. They they they've made some German styles that we approve of. I was going to say the ones that won are blind, <laughs> Merzenbold. Uh, yes, it is in fact the same, same victory. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they know what they're freaking doing. Apparently, okay. Yeah, <laughs> at least with the German styles. And, I was going to well, say, European like, styles. yeah, I was going to say, do you do you really think that Victory probably is? Halfway decent brewery. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gordon so Gordon Bearstick Bearstick Blonde Bach. Sure. And, and then Smutty Nose Maybach. Indeed. All right. Mm. Well, um, speaking of not Maybachs at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Drink with me, friend. You really think I'd have the sounders memorized, like where they're located? I would. I don't. I don't at all. Um, <laughs> so, I am uh, not drinking the style. As we talked about, <laughs> I think pre-show or, or whatever, um, there is just, I'm, I'm calling it an embarrassment of beer in the fridge. And <laughs> we just have to get through that before we can do anything else. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> I understand justify. this pain. <laughs> Yeah, like we couldn't justify getting a whole other style just because. We um, couldn't justify getting a create your own six pack right now. Literally, no. <laughs> uh, so I am. I will. I just finished drinking actually the um, Rubus Cacao from Mad Tree. It is a seven point seven percent ABV stout. Uh, sweet chocolate notes uh, as raspberry tartness follows in unison, resembling a perfect, perfectly executed dance. It says. Uh, the result is a blend of flavors even more spectacular together than apart. Um, this uh, one uses a local, what do you call it? 
um it's like, chocolatier is like the name of the person but i can't think of like the name of of what the entity would be you know uh the, uh i don't know i got it's, nothing yeah it's, so it's local um chocolate chocolate uh, smith place <laughs> chocolate smith sounds great actually uh but so uh maverick chocolate in cincinnati um they make amazing stuff um and they lend their stuff they they partner with a lot of breweries on on certain stouts and things like that like they've worked with uh taps they've worked with um a lot with madry uh this is like i think literally the only raspberry beer that i like because i'm not a fan of raspberries like as a general rule <laughs> what about what about when they're berets i am not a the fan kind, of either what, what if you find them in a secondhand store <laughs> yeah i you know we have like two cans of raspberry beret left in the fridge i'm just <sighs> i'm just not about i i don't know what it is but i'm not a fan of raspberries but for some reason this the in the rubus cacao it's like a whole it's a game changer you know mm-hmm. um and maybe it's just because like the the chocolate is so prevalent um but yeah it's a good it's a good solid beer and then uh during the news show i had uh new glarus spotted cow which is literally not like the op- opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> rubbing it in just <laughs> yeah. putting it yeah, right yeah, in that face much. and just oh you're gonna How be getting th- yours soon but uh I yeah i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> that's yeah, forever yeah. from now I mean, it may be probably, now. but like, uh, yeah, it's, we, that was a gift. Uh, we did not acquire, we, we haven't been to Wisconsin lately. Um, cause that's the only way to get spotted cow or nuclear in general. I'm, I'm just saying COVID put a real hard, hard stamp in my, uh, 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 great, great American Midwest beer tour. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but yeah, um, both very, very good beers, uh, Again, opposite ends of the spectrum, but it's fine. It's whatever. It's Saturday. <laughs> Go ahead. It's Saturday. Or in Casey's case, Catterday. Catterday. <laughs> as as a cattail just goes by his screen like a shark fin and doo-doo. <laughs> doo-doo. Uh no, um I I'm actually drinking the same beer the whole episode. I, I had a backup in case I ran out. But uh, I've been managing to to savor this one, and I had uh, uh, neon green relish from Hop Butcher for the World. Uh, <laughs> okay, this uh, showed up. I, I'm, I'm honestly not sure which delivery this one came through. So it was the most recent one or the one before last. I, ha- I I've had a lot of beer. I've had people give me lots of beer recently. I've had person give me lots of beer recently. We need to have, you know, we need to have an episode of just like the friend of the show series, you know, <laughs> in which hey, if you want to make that, that a recurring, if you want to make that a recurring thing, feel free to send whatever yeast supplies you need to us, and we will, hmm. we will make sure that we turn them into to the appropriate things. <laughs> Or maybe you know you send them and they're helped on their way, and there's very little work on our end. I I don't you know this this one was already canned, <laughs> but this yeast supply was very delicious. Um, what what is that style? Because the, the... this one it's actually I, I the the can just says uh, uh, double IPA, but if you look at that thing, oh yeah, that's a New England, a little bit. 
Uh, that's what Beer Advocate calls it. Uh, and But it doesn't... It has that appearance, but it does not have that... It has a nice hoppy taste. Mm. Uh, it's it's not super sweet. It's a very... Uh, you know, it's Citra, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but it's a 7% ABV... Uh, it's got a 95 out of 100 on uh, on Beer Advocate. Wow! So, All right. I have to agree with that. That it's it's a real it's a real fine real fine beer. All right. Well, <laughs> Casey, where are you at? I am at home. <laughs> um. So I'm having a very non beer, but beer drink. Um. All right. So this is a new product from Lexington Brewing and Distilling um, called a Bourbon Barrel Hard Tea. Oh dear! And they make three different varieties currently. I've had I bought a, a make your own six pack. If it's in uh, okay, I haven't had any of this, but if it's tea made here, I assume unless it says unsweet, it's got to be super sweet. Yes, like diabetes sweet. It's not. <laughs> It's not super super sweet, but yeah, it's it's up there in what you would get in like a, a Denny's. Sugar um, content sweetness. is going to be diabetes sweet. There may be other <laughs> things to balance that flavor out, but you're still yeah. getting diabetes. So it's five point two percent alcohol. All of them are that same alcohol content, um, but there's three different varieties. So there's the uh, traditional hard tea, then there's the half and half, half lemonade, half iced tea flavor, right. um, and then there's the peach tea flavor uh all three have been really good um i really like the original i think better than the half and half but the peach is pretty pretty good pretty, uh, pretty good. <laughs> and so they take the flavored malt beverage i mean it's pretty much a um flavor malt beverage at this point and then age that in a bourbon barrel and so it gives it a little bit more of a a little bit more of like a vanilla e bourbon barrel flavor um I mean, this sure fine <laughs> I, i'm not hearing any uh, issues so far yeah this company the kentucky this one same one that created bourbon barrel l and all these others that oh they do all their bourbon barrel aging in a refrigerated warehouse instead of in like just a uh here's a barrel that's just sitting out type of thing. So it it's very controlled. So mm-hmm. I think it's like six weeks for their normal beers that they sit in there, but um, they are, they don't have a whole lot of oxidation problems because of that. Um, interesting drink, but I really like it. And I think I'll buy more, even though it was a make your own six pack. I think this is kind of where I'm going with what I like right now. Okay. Um Heads up, because we are talking about Maybox and May, and you know this is the time. I'm trying to figure out like beer dates for um, this year, despite none of us drinking Maybox. But. Exactly, um, and we are currently in the longest drought of beer holidays <gasps> of any point in the entire year. See, this is one more reason why I'm just not a fan of spring or summer. Yeah, it's not, between I'm just not about it. There are multiple holidays. Usually every month, there's more than one, usually more than three holidays in every month. But between April 6th, no, between May 7th and July 18th, there isn't a single beer related holiday. Hmm. I'm upset as far as this just beer app calendar goes. And it's got that's probably, probably right though 70 or 80 holidays on here. So, I mean, you have like, well, you could. I don't know. You can make an argument for 
uh, American Independence Day, but mm. yeah, it's it's not specifically for safety's sake. It's best oh. not to think of that as a as a drinking holiday. Yeah, no. so like because April... there's there's explosives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, we we debated using a uh, having a name that basically called back to lawnmower beer. Um, and I was quick to tell the guys, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll go with whatever y'all want to do, but, uh, I don't know if I want the legality of, Hey, this is our lawn mowing beer and somebody get their leg cut off with a lawnmower because they were drinking it while mowing the lawn. It's that episode of Mad Men where they drive the John Deere lawnmower through the, uh, through the office and they cut that British dude's foot off. Oh, it seems. Yeah. seems like what would happen. Um, so the last few holidays that we've had April 17th Saison day wish I'd known that it would have been cool yeah have have a Saison release um, and then German beer day was April 23rd May 7th we missed National Homebrew day where do you see this at uh, this is just beer app and this is the list of all beer drinking holidays in 2019 but it's updated for 2020. Um, and then the next one, July 18th, I think we need to celebrate. It's St. Arnoldus, St. Arnoldus day. Oh, um, man, we're really to celebrate. We'll really get drunk on any saint day. It's a Saturday. He was the patron saint of Belgian brewers and hop pickers. Of course. That's the best saint <laughs> I've ever heard of. The 21st is Belgian national day. So. Look, I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying there are 12 apostles that are saints. This one is the patron saint of hops. It seems like a good one. Seems like my favorite. Um, my favorite holiday on this whole list is January 1st, National Hangover Day. Well, hmm. I want to be I like got. for amateurs, but well. Uh, <laughs> uh, live streaming's hard, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh well. Okay. Well, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com and follow us at Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. And don't forget forget you can tell us that you have a drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com or you can use the feedback page on the website. Either works. All joking and fun aside, we'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Yes, you may be forced to stay home, but uh, still, you don't want to. You, you may have some responsibilities still. Just, just keep mm. things in mind. <laughs> don't go out and pick up that pickup order. Have them deliver. Yes, <laughs> very. That that's what drinking responsibly is t- these days. <laughs> Tip well. Uh, Tip well. <laughs> Tip. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as Bob knows. <laughs> Uh, okay, you can check us out in another couple of weeks for our next live episode. And remember to check out um, her Patreon as well as haveadrinkstore.com. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>